Welcome to the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you haven't joined us before, we're passionate about all things internal medicine and helping you become the best tech you can be. We'll be discussing interesting internal medicine diseases, how to work closely with pet parents, and how to become the go-to tech in your practice. Now, let's start the show. Dogs or kids in this episode? Zero. There might be a husband and a cat, but hopefully not. If there was dogs or kid, it would be a very weird incident. It'd be like the ghost dog. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you haven't guessed by now, I'm in California right now. This is so exciting. Like, Jordan, you got here Friday. Today is Sunday. Yep. No, you got here Thursday, duh. Oh, yeah. You got here Thursday. Thursday. And then Friday we went to the Monterey Bay Aquarium and then hung around Monterey Mm -hmm. with Joanne. Hi, Joanne. (laughs) Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Got to see some sea lions and some otters. That was really cool. So there was, like, that little dock area. Mm -hmm. And Jordan's like, I hear sea lions. I was like, what? (laughs) So we went down the dock. I was on a mission. I was on a mission to find them. Yeah. And then um, they were, like, just right off the dock where the... Yeah, where the walkway like, was. Yeah. The rocks that Coughing made... and sneezing all over everything. I know. So gross. I was like, are they barking? And I'm like, no, they're coughing. They're like, There's, like, <laughs> hawking loogies in the air. And I was like, oh, God, what do you have? Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was interesting for sure. I was like, is this normal? I don't know. But it was kind of cool. They were all sunbathing. It was yeah. super close to us. Like, we were within five feet of them. Oh, for sure, yeah. But there was really... a wall in the way, which is I was thankful for. I, I mean, don't, I, was I don't too... think they would have, like, jumped up on us. No, but I totally would have tried to touch one. You're so bad. I know, but they're so pretty. We're like, what happened to George? You gotta eat my sea lion. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. I'd be fine going out that way. <laughs> <laughs> you're like that's cool whatever yeah i'd be down for it and my family would be like yeah that makes sense yeah and then the sea otter was really cute because yeah. it would it would come down to kind of like where the rocks were that the sea lions yeah. were like, like underwater looking for, looking for different mussels and shellfish or whatever and then it would swim out to like i don't know 10 15 feet away pop up in like a kelp yeah foresty area would eat its like food and then come back go get more and then pop up in the kelp it was like it was really cool and we could totally see him swimming underwater which was fun yeah it was really it was a really really cool experience i was so happy about that yeah that was like i mean we saw the sea otters in the aquarium yes but that's not nearly as cool as seeing them in the wild yeah yeah and then let's see what else oh we had lunch and dinner which was super fun and then (laughs) we dorked out i got a convertible for the week or not for the weekend, but for the Friday. And so we drove along the California coastline in a convertible. Yep, like the basic white girls we are. Yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so that was fun. Yep. And then uh, yesterday we did a lot of, like, we did a lot planning of work. and work. And bank coming visit. up with Oh, yeah, the bank visit. Woo, bank visit. Yeah, good, good times. Yep, today... Planning. We did a bunch of stuff this morning. We did a ton of stuff. Now I feel like this afternoon we can just chill. Yeah. Yeah. We might might go to the bookstore. We should go to the bookstore. We should. Totally. Because I'm alone and I have the ability to read books by myself without children <laughs> behind me. You're like, I might finish them. it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Do you have to read that right now? Why do you like to read? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Really? That's what, really? That's what I get from Connor. Bailey's like, I only read at bedtime. Like, like mm. I should be shamed for trying to read during the day. Mm. I like reading to relax. Yeah. I don't normally know what that's like, but it's been nice. Yeah. This weekend. You so. honestly, you've been super busy too, like the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. Like answering the kids' text messages, phone calls. Yeah. Random questions about, like, where are things? Yep. St- yeah. It's <laughs> nice to know that my family still can't really live without me. <laughs> They're like, you're coming home today, right? You're like, no, I got yeah. another three days. <laughs> but I'm not hearing the mommy, 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 like, every five seconds. Oh so God, so funny. Yeah. Even Matt gets annoyed with it. He's like, the amount of times I've heard mommy since I've been home. And I was like you're annoyed. Like, they're not even saying your name and you're here. <laughs> right? <laughs> they're ignoring you completely. Yeah. So, he he, he kind of gets it, but he, and so, like, I was texting him earlier and I was like, I feel kind of bad I'm not home to help you do things and stuff like that. And he's like, it's fine. Like, it is what it is. Like, he's always been really good about that stuff, but I'm just like, are they doing the daddy? Daddy? Like, and, Daddy? Daddy? Yeah. What's going on, Dad? Yeah, where are you? Can I do this? Can I have a snack? It's mostly the, can I have a snack every five seconds? <laughs> nice. I think every time I've talked to my kids, they've been eating. Yeah, yes. But luckily, they're eating, like, grapes. Yeah, and, and they're and they're in between, like, running around like crazy, yeah. wild children. Yeah, because the new neighbor apparently has a new baby potbelly pig, which I'm really jealous that I haven't got to see yet, but Bailey got to see it. And then the pig's name is Lily. Lily big. Yeah. Oh my god, that's hilarious. So I can't wait to like actually get home and see that and then pick up my goats too. I set up the appointment to go pick up my goats when I get home. <laughs> I'm super excited about that. Oh my god, it's so funny. I know the city life is still like, I don't know how I feel about it. I like my little country life. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's fun. Yeah. It's, it's fun, especially when like, because I like the country life to know that I'm going back to the country and like, yeah. it's going to be quiet and no traffic. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but like we have hit all the traffic this weekend. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this should have taken us an hour. It's taken us two. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. No. It's It's been kind of crazy. Yeah. Everybody's driving. So it's going to be a fun podcast with us actually in the same room together. Um, but I'm happy we actually get to do this. Yeah, the only thing that's weird is, like, editing might be a little weird, so I'll try my best not to cough while you're talking. Yes, because you won't be able to take it out. I won't be able to, like, delete that. Well, that and, like, you'll be editing this episode since I'll be on an airplane. True. When I would normally edit this, and I don't have my normal editing stuff here with me, so. Yeah. But, anyway, this week we're talking about canine leukemia. I'm going to say canine leukemia because we already talked about feline leukemia last week, and it's a different... It's a different process. Totally it's different. Very different disease. Canine leukemia is more like the human leukemia. Exactly. Then it's like feline leukemia, of, totally different. It's what you think of in human medicine for sure. Mm-hmm. So I learned a couple things though that leukemia is a word like basically the leuke means white blood cells um, and then the emia means blood. So leukemia means basically white blood or an overabundance of white blood cells in the blood. Mm. So, which makes me wonder why they named feline leukemia leukemia. Because hmm. it's not, it's not the same. I wonder if there's something that, like, looked the same, and then they were like, oh, well, we called it leukemia for the longest time, we'll just call it that. 
Yeah, maybe. It's, I mean, like, it seems like feline leukemia came before canine leukemia, but human leukemia probably came before both. So I'm not really uh, sure yeah, how they're... I don't know. Who I mean, knows? Yeah. Anyway, we're working on race approval this weekend. Yeah. So we have our giant, giant list of things that we need to get race approved. Um, and so that's definitely in the works. And we are one step closer to having all these podcast episodes race approved again. Yeah. Um, which has been a, a feat. It's been fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're like, okay, so what do we need to do now? <sighs> yeah. Um, but anyway, back to this episode. So we're talking canine leukemia. We'll, we'll, there's actually, I learned, I learned a lot when writing these show notes this morning. Um, but I, I did learn a lot during this episode just because I didn't realize that there was two different types of canine leukemia. There's acute and chronic, mm. but it's not like what you would normally think of acute and chronic. Like a chronic means typically like it's been going on for a while and acute means it hasn't been going on for a while. We're going to talk about it a little bit more, but, um. It's not, it's not the case in this episode. Mm. So, um, basically a patient with leukemia, canine leukemia, so our dogs with leukemia, they have an, uh, an excessive amount of white blood cells, most of the time a particular white blood cell, um, and it's an excessive amount, and the changes cannot normally be seen with, well, okay, the changes can't be seen with a naked eye. I mean, like, you're not going to typically get the swollen lymph nodes if you do they're not going to be huge um and when i think of like seeing something with a naked eye i'm like i've looked at these smears before but that's not with the naked eye so i had to like yeah and i think i mean the i've seen it where like you spin down a pcb tube mm -hmm. and you and see the... a giant buffy coat yeah. like i've seen that but <clears throat> that's that's a... a little different too like i don't know yeah yeah, because you don't know what specific white blood cell is causing that increased layer. Right, yeah. Um, so basically what happens in, in these guys is the bloodstreams then just like, it's overrun with just cancerous white blood cells. And mm. specifically cancerous white blood cells. It can be any of the five white blood cells, but most of the time it's going to be uh, lymphocytes, so it's lymphocytic. Um, and these come from the bone marrow, just where our normal white blood cells have come from too. So that's the bummer about this disease, right? Is like it's a bone marrow disease. So it makes it a little bit harder to treat even though it is treatable, but it's a bone marrow disease. It's full I wonder if that's where the like feline leukemia thing came from. Is assuming it was a bone <clears throat> marrow thing? Yeah. And also with like people, a lot of times their cells go down. Yeah. So I wonder if like you know, that's if How in feline leukemia, they're like, well, you're anemic and you have low white blood cells. It must be leukemia. Yeah. I wonder if that's part of it. But in these guys, it, it's a it's a notable increase in white blood cells. Like, you don't typically mm. have the decrease in white blood cells. You'll have a decrease in red blood cells, which we'll talk about a little bit more. But um, yeah, this is like a, it's not just like a, oh, you might have a mild infection. It's a holy crap. Yeah. Why do you have so many white blood cells? Yeah. Um, and so, like I said, the most common type is lymphocytic. So it's lymphocytes, and the cancer cells are lymphocyte in origin. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, there are other types. There's actually potentially, I, I guess it hasn't fully been proven, but there's potentially a leukemia for each type of white blood cell mm. made in the bone marrow. Um, Which makes sense. It does. Like an eosinophilic lympho lymphocyte. 
leukemia. <laughs> yeah. No lymphophilic <laughs> leukemia. That would be crazy. Yeah, my brain was like, yeah. I wonder if that would be like a a weird, like, allergic. You know how we we have mm-hmm. a theory that, like, GI <clears throat> lymphoma is caused by just chronic allergies, like food allergies? Mm-hmm. If it would be if it would be something like that, that's yeah, I don't know. But anyway, in cats, birds, and cattle, so like I said, there is a leukemia virus, although it's not the same because this is leukemia, not a leukemia virus. Um, it's given the same name, but it doesn't really tell me why. <laughs> like, I honestly, I I really I wonder if it was because it looked the same. And they didn't realize it was a virus. You know what I mean? Like... There is mention that, like, because the leukemia virus can cause leukemia, that that's why they called it the leukemia virus. Because remember how we talked mm, about in in that episode that the virus itself can cause cancer cancer or... Yeah. So I think that's originally what it stemmed from, is they were seeing a lot of cats with the leukemia virus getting leukemia or lymphoma. Hmm. Interesting. Um... And then in dogs, though, it's really unknown where leukemia comes from. It's just, I mean, like, it's a bone marrow disease. It's 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 a cancer. It's cancers, a cancer. Cancers do whatever it wants. Yeah. Um, so remember how I said, though, that there was, like, a chronic and an acute? So the acute lymphocytic leukemia is called, it's abbreviated to ALL, so A-L-L. Um, and what it does is it involves, like, just annihilation of the bone marrow by immature lymphocytes and those are the lymphoblasts um, or just blasts and what happens is when 30% of the bone marrow cell population consists of just all those lymphoblasts um, acute lymphocytic leukemia is then confirmed so you have to have 30% of just blasts mm. which I've seen before mm-hmm. so um but in 90% of patients, the blast will, the lymphoblast will actually spill out into, like, the circulating blood, so there are peripheral blood, and we can actually see that on a peripheral blood smear, which mm-hmm. I've seen before, too. Yeah. It's, like, it's one of those blood smears that's super cool to see, but then you're like, oh. You're like, dang it. Yeah. It's really. Yeah. We, um, a lot of times, like, if we see it, our, our oncologists will kind of look at it and be like, that's what we're dealing with, yeah. right? Like, they know, but they'll still send it to a pathologist just to make sure. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it is very characteristic. You're just like... I feel like it's almost, like, it easily is. diagnosable because mm-hmm. it's so characteristic. My, like, yeah. I feel like you don't even really... Like, you can still be a newbie tech and not fully understand <laughs> the, like, criteria of malignancy and see this and be like, there is something wrong. Like, that's not supposed to look like that. <laughs> Why are there so many lymphoblasts? Right. But like I said, it's one of those cool blood smears. It's like, you remember when you're in general practice and you would see, like, a mast cell for the first time? You're like, mm-hmm. this is so yeah. cool looking. And then you'd be like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's how I feel this is. Um, so the second form of leukemia is chronic lymphocytic leukemia. Obviously, we're going to be talking about lymphocytic leukemia, too, by the way, and not any of the others. Um, so CLL. So of that alone, there's actually three separate like subcategories of the CLL. So there's TCLL, BCLL, and um, atypical CLL. 
So, which atypical... And we in- usually say, like, C-L-L-T-cell. Yeah. C-L-L-B-cell. Or B and T-cell. Yeah, which is the atypical. Yeah. Um, and remember, this is, like, T-lymphocytes. Yes. B-lymphocytes. That's what they're talking about. So exactly. not just, like, which requires, why are there random letters? Which requires that- special testing to determine if it's B-cell oh, yeah. or T-cell or B and T. Um, which we'll talk about a little bit. Is that... Par testing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the T-cell form is definitely the most common of the le- the canine leukemias, um, but it has the best prognosis. Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, I guess, the survival times of that type of leukemia is at least three times longer than any of the other forms of CLL. Mm. So, I mean, I guess if you had to wish for leukemia, wish for the T-cell. Yeah, and I... I think, I think the chronic one is worse than the acute, though. I think I talk about that a little bit further in the notes. Okay, good. Because I was going to say, I thought I, I remember do, reading that somewhere. Well, and I do remember reading, like, they're really unsure which one's worse mm. prognostically. Um, I actually think it might be the opposite. I think the acute might be worse than the chronic. I remember now in the notes... There was talk about the chronic, you can actually, like, they have a longer survival time than Hmm. the acute. Because the acute can spill into the periphery so fast, chronic, I think, they can actually have it for a long time before actually even showing symptoms and spilling over into peripheral blood. Hmm. Um, If I remember, if I remember right, well, it's in the notes, so we'll definitely talk about it. Um, But, so, like I said, there is a specific test to determine whether or not we have B cell or T cell. It is PAR testing. Um, PAR testing is pretty cool, like, because we do it for, like, GI lymphoma and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Any lymphoma. Yeah. <laughs> um, and basically what they do is they replicate the cells to see if certain markers are there mm-hmm. and how many are present. Um, so it's, it is really interesting. I know, um, the, the, um... Diagnostic lab that we use for our cytology and biopsies, um, a lot of times, like PAR, I feel like PAR is kind of newer, and then yeah, all of a sudden yeah. in the last couple of years, like, they recommended it almost, like, on everything, because yeah. it's, like, it's something that's quantitative and, like, a test versus just the interpretation. Yeah. Because a lot of times the clin- clinical pathologist says, I think it's this, but do the PAR test to confirm. And you're just like, yeah. <laughs> that's what, well, we've gotten into the habit of keeping samples back. Mm. So we'll, we'll send slides off strictly for pathologist review, specifically for these cases. And then we'll keep a couple slides in case they recommend PAR because like, mm. it's such a pain in the butt to, for them to recommend PAR. You have to ask for your samples back and then you have to send it somewhere else. Oh, for the, for where you're using? Yeah. Yeah. We're, I mean, fortunately, the, I mean, the diagnostic. I CSU, right? Is that what you guys use? I think that's what we use. We use VDX oh, okay, because yeah. it's here by UC Davis. Okay. Well. And so it's like super close. Um, and they, and they'll do the PAR testing there, which is nice. Yeah. Because I hate when you have to get samples back and then ship it places, yeah. which we've had to do for certain things. Yeah. Sometimes um, we'll just send straight to CSU and then just be like, please just do the pathologist review. And then if they recommend it, we can just add it on. But, yeah. um, that's not all the time. I, you know, we frequently use IDEX. Mm. Um, so the history on these guys. So 
again, we're talking about canines. Um, CLL specifically, so the chronic lymphocytic leukemia is actually more common in golden retrievers and German shepherds. I'm really not surprised by the goldens whatsoever. No. <laughs> um, but the average age of diagnosis is actually like just barely over six years old. Again, yeah. I'm not surprised by that because like I feel like we had one recently, like two weeks ago, and it was a four year old. Yeah. Um, and I the ones I've seen tend to be like that middle. Yeah, where you think that like age. there's no way a four year old dog can have cancer, and then and you're, you're like, like, oh yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, but the most common symptom in these guys tends to be just like lethargy, poor appetite, nauseousness, diarrhea, and weight loss. Um, so like our common, just like ADR simple. Thanks. <laughs> so you're ruling <laughs> out everything else. And then you're like, ah, crap. Yeah. Basically, basically. Yeah. You're just doing a basic blood workup usually like right off the bat. And mm. it's just luckily like this is frequently detected in blood unless it's chronic. Um, but usually over 70% of patients have uh, an enlarged spleen and that's just due to like the cancer, cancer infiltration, just cause we know the spleen Filters stores the blood, blood. And filters blood. 50% have an enlarged liver again because it filters the blood. Um, and then only 40 to 50% of these patients will have lymph node enlargement, but it's not, it's not the same drastic lymph node enlargement as you would see with a lymphoma. Right. Um, yeah. Or like a peripheral It's just lymphoma. like a reactive lymph, lymph node, not yeah. a holy crap lymphoma lymph node. Yeah, exactly. Like it's one of those things where you're like, we have a high white count. We have mildly elevated uh, um, lymph nodes. Like, are we dealing with really bad infection or are we dealing with something else? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that leads us into our differential diagnosis list. Mm -hmm. um, lymphoma is definitely going to be up at the top just because if we do have those enlarged lymph nodes. Um, and lymphoma does involve the bone marrow as well. And lymphoma circulates cancerous lymphocytes that spill into peripheral bloodstream as well so it really kind of mimics it well and this is like this is one of the reasons why we recommend bone marrow aspirates mm -hmm. and biopsies on like your imha itp dogs because they could have cancer ha hanging out in their bone marrow and you don't see it anywhere else and that sets off the uh, the immune response because we've had a couple of like chronic ones that we didn't know had cancer and then we're like Oh, there it is. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's and that's one of the reasons why we do the bone marrow test, just to make sure that the there's not cancer hiding out in the bone marrow and you're missing that when you're diagnosing an autoimmune disorder. Yep, exactly. Um, so we already talked about infection. So infection can cause that elevated white blood cell count as well as enlarged lymph nodes. Um, blood parasites such as Ehrlichia definitely can lead to a high lymphocyte count. Um, and can be hard to distinguish from the chronic lymphocytic leukemia again. That's so crazy. Because again, I'm pretty sure the chronic is just, it's one of those ones where you might have mild elevations, but it's not as drastic as the acute. Yeah. Um, but obviously there are special tests to test for Ehrlichia. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's other types of leukemia that can be just poorly differentiated with special stains and PCR testing. Um, that might be needed because again, if you don't have the what I figure, what I consider the typical leukemia, right. where you have the circulating lymphocytes, then you're gonna be like, what the heck is this? Right? Why is there such a high monocytosis? So yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, 
And then, of course, like acute stress can cause lymphocyte counts to be high, uh, but typically about like 15,000 cells per microliter, not drastic like... 50, 70, yeah. 100,000. Yeah, yeah. Well, and not only that, but if it's like a stress thing, it's it's limited, right? You're not seeing it for weeks and weeks. Exactly. And speaking of stress, hypoadrenocorticism <laughs> right. or Addison's disease Just a little stress on the body. can it's lead fine. to an elevated lymphocyte count too, but up to about 10,000 cells per microliter. So a little bit less than just stress alone because the body doesn't know how to respond to stress mm-hmm. <laughs> when it has Addison's disease. Um, and then chronic infection, especially with fungus and especially with severe fungus. I've seen Prototheca, which was really cool to find in a urine sample. It was just this fungus caused neurologic disorders, but that dog had a chronic elevated white cell count for as long as she had the Prototheca. And um, fungus infections, man, are just their own jam. Like, they're their own game. Yeah. Because you gotta, we had a, we had a referring veterinarian call the other day, and they, he really wanted to refer a fungal case to us. And he was like, I don't want this case, but they don't have the money to come to you. So I guess just please help me out with how we treat this or whatever. And it was um, the amphotericin B infusion in the D5W. And he's like, he's like, explain to me if I'm wrong, but aren't you not supposed to put dextrose under the skin? And we're like, yes, but this is like, it's different. Yeah. And so my doctor got on the phone with him and he just kept reiterating, I don't want this case. I don't want this case. I wish it would just come to you. Because fungus is just like, oh man, it's just different. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, it's funny be off subject, but um, when we do like testing and we think it's cancer or it's fungus and it comes back fungus and people are so excited, I'm like, ooh. It's just as hard to treat. It's just <laughs> as hard to treat. It's just as chronic. And... You're like, it's great because it's not cancer. So yeah, you're like celebrating that. Yeah, but you're like, but it's just, it's almost as, like depending on your clinic, sometimes it's just as expensive to treat. Oh, yeah. And, like, sometimes prognosis is the same. Like Prototheca case, like, we treated that dog forever. Mind you, she lived a whole year, but, like, when we retested her fungal levels, they didn't change whatsoever, even with the the fungal treatment. Like, we were just maintaining her fungus level versus it getting worse (laughs) and becoming, like, a crazy burden. Yeah. And I feel like that's how most fungus cases are. You don't really... Unless you can find the fungal colony like a ball of it yeah. and you can debride it yeah forget it no forget it well this dog was already neurologic too by the yeah, time so it was in the spine so we're like everything. there's no way yeah. like it was crazy I, I was so surprised at that we should do a fungal series <laughs> we definitely could do a fungal series for sure yeah yeah um anyway back to our differential diagnosis list um leukemia lymphocyte counts over twenty thousand are all almost always a form of just lymphocytic leukemia so again we're yes some of the differential diagnosis lists we talked about 10 and fifteen thousand, but over twenty thousand is really what we're looking for yeah um so once these patients come in we do want to work up with our our basic workup because again mm-hmm. we're we're almost searching for infection versus something else mm-hmm. we're not really ser- searching for infection of cancer we're searching for just basic infection um so we're doing a cbc complete blood cell count and in our lymphocytic leukemias our lymphocyte counts can be over a hundred thousand in the acute version oh, geez. so we lot. go from twenty thousand to over a hundred thousand 
just if you ever see the smear it's crazy looking. it is crazy i i'm gonna find one because i'm certain i saved a slide at work and i'll have to take a picture of it and post it um typically on those blood smears that we look at we're like this looks weird we're gonna send it off to a pathologist to review <laughs> yeah and what they're gonna look for is signs of malignancy within the cells um there's a great uh, That's like the mitotic index and like all that stuff that they look at. If you look at eClinPath, they have a great printout that I printed out for mm, my work that has yeah. just the criteria of malignancy. Nice. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, and it, unfortunately, lymphocytic leukemia is fairly obvious. Um, but the key is just to determine whether it's lymphocytic leukemia or chronic, like if it's chronic or acute. Right. So normally the term like I said, chronic means that it's been going on for a while. Um, but within the lymphocytic leukemia, they refer just to how much, like how mature the cancer cells look. So if it's, mm. if it's chronic, then the cancer cells are very mature. If it's acute, then they're immature. Um, so kind of going back to basics here, our lymphocytes develop from in the bone marrow from precursor cells, um, or in the lymph nodes. And then they usually undergo several stages of development before the re being released into the bloodstream. And then when leukemia is involved, though, the earlier stages of the lymphocyte, um, those lymphocytes get released earlier, and that's what we consider our acute leukemia. Yeah. Is we're seeing, like, those, those more immature lymphocytes in the bloodstream. And then when the cells are more developed, though then it, the, that patient said to have the chronic version. So. Yeah. But yeah, here's where I was saying. So there is some controversy on whether acute or chronic is more common, but the acute leukemias act more malignant than the chronic ones. Because hmm. you know, I feel like it's like baby snakes. Like they kind of do whatever they want. They don't have an off oh, switch. Yeah. Yeah. And so like when you have those baby lymphocytes just like running rampant throughout... <laughs> the um body it's just doing what mass destruction um on other lab tests typically over 50 percent of these patients will have like just some anemia um 30 to 4 30 to 50 percent will have mild platelet deficiency and then about 65 percent will have like a neutropenia so that mm. just elevated well i guess that would be a low white blood cell count yeah, and part of that is because the bone, it, it is the bone marrow cancer, right? That means the bone marrow is not creating normal cells. Yeah. And so it, it almost like diverts energy into making a whole crap ton of lymphocytes that are not healthy, right? <laughs> yeah. And then it, it pours all that in and doesn't have the resources as much for the other cells. Yeah, it, it's um, not making the other cells as well. So th yeah. those other cells that help protect the body aren't in circulation. Mm -hmm. So these patients are actually pretty susceptible to just any kind of infection as well, mm -hmm. which we'll talk about in a minute. But um, often these patients will also, too, need like a blood transfusion just from the anemia because anemia can be pretty severe. Um, and then they also usually do antibiotics just to help protect them just due <laughs> right. to that neutropenia. Um, and then in about 50% of cases, like I said, there's usually no symptoms of any kind at the time of diagnosis. And it's usually just found like incidentally on a blood smear, um, or on a That's CBC. So crazy. <laughs> um, and in, in chronic lymphocytic leukemia specifically, 
the number of circulating cells um, is usually what makes like the diagnosis. Yeah, as I say, when when we've seen it, it's usually like we do a CBC and we go, "That's weird," and then we like look in the smear and we're like, "Oh," because it's just like a crap ton of lymphocytes just on the smear. Yeah, and you're like, "That that's not that's not supposed to look like that at all." Yeah, yeah. Um, treatment for these guys. So this is definitely a cancer a cancer case. This is. It was kind of a toss-up to put this under our immunology series that we're doing right, right. now, or to put it under our oncology series, but um, I figured our oncology series is pretty well. We got a lot of stuff in our oncology that we're going to touch on, so it's... We talked about the feline leukemia. Let's talk about the canine leukemia. Yes, it's cancer, and we'll talk... I'm sure we're going to touch base on this again when we're doing our oncology series. For sure. Because... We'll have smarter than us people on oncology. <laughs> yes. So I think, yeah, I think that's just a. Yeah. But yeah. treatment for these guys is typically chemotherapy. Um, and usually chemotherapy protocols include things like prednisone, vincristine, cyclophosphamide, l aspirginase, l spar is what I call it. <laughs> um, and then doxyrubicin. Yeah. Um, but like the. The poor, the poor thing about this thing is only 30% of patients, even with chemotherapy, will achieve remission. Um, and then with no therapy at all, a lot of patients die within a few weeks. Yeah, and it's usually complications from everything else, right? Yeah, it's complications from anemia, complications from being thrombocytopenic, complications from having no Infection. white blood cells yeah. that are normal. So it's like they get infections, they're anemic, they're bleeding out. Yeah, that's usually what the like. It doesn't is. take much to get a UTI and then a kidney infection and then pyelonephritis and just ugh. Yeah. yeah, all downhill. So, I mean, client communication is definitely going to come from the doctors when it comes to prognosis. But just for our veterinary technicians and nurses to know, prognosis is poor, um, especially when acute lymphocytic leukemia is diagnosed. Um, and then that's why it is important to kind of distinguish between acute and chronic. Versus, like, the the clinical course of the chronic version, it can last months to years, um, with the average age uh, at diagnosis being 10 to 12, but not necessarily, like, dogs being 10 to 12 years old being diagnosed with this doesn't necessarily mean, like, that's when they got it. They could have gotten it at six and just have been hanging out with it. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't know if they've had it that long. Probably not. That, that's I'm a like, bit of an exaggeration. Years, no. <laughs> But, yeah, they can have it months yeah. before they're diagnosed with it. Um, because, again, it's bone marrow dysfunction and there's um, mature cells being produced. And so that does, you know, kind of is over time. But, yeah. I would say cautions when we're dealing with leukemia patients is just the typical onco patient thing, which is, you know... Make sure they have platelets. <laughs> yeah. Make sure, you know, they're not getting infections. So it's it's a lot of communication with the client. How are they doing? How are they feeling? Let's mm. do the CBC and make sure we're not having issues. Well, and that's important, so. too, is, like, when we're doing these cases, like, and we're rechecking their CBCs, let's draw from a back leg. Let's put a Band-Aid on it. Let's, you know, just make yeah. sure that we're using maybe more aseptic techniques than normal because they're prone to infection. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Tip of the week for this week, I think, is um, 
See a veterinary oncologist? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Talk to your VTSs in uh, oncology. Yep. See a veterinary oncologist, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So. And then question of the week. Have you guys seen, like, a, a blood smear from it and been able to, not diagnose, but have you been able to be... It's the tip of the week. Wow. I, I think it's this. And then... Unfortunately, it ends up being that, but, um, you know, have you, have you seen that? So, yeah, definitely check out, uh, Inkland Path for, for sure. And now for the question of the week as well. Yeah. If you go, if you go on, we've talked about them before the veterinary partner website where it's a lot of like client education, which is great. And you can read up on things. So that's the, you know, those are definitely two of the websites we recommend for this. So before we go, I guess there's a couple things that we need to touch on. We have our 100th episode coming up because this is episode 99. Yeah. So for the 100th episode, we're actually going to do a round table with other VTSs, which will be, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, especially because some of the people that have agreed to be part of it yes. is going to be exciting. I'm really hoping that I can pull it off with, like, scheduling and stuff like that. But, yeah. But um, that will be, I think it's going to be a good episode, especially if you're interested in getting your VTS or if you already have your VTS. The main concept behind this round table is going to be like, so, so what's you have next? your VTS. <laughs> what do you do with it? Yeah. Um, and I think it's going to be a little bit of, like, where, where can our profession go? For sure. Um, and I think... I, especially with Vet Tech Week coming up, um, I think that's something that we all kind of think about is like how do we, how do we move our profession forward? And we talk about it all the time, yeah. like how do how do we do that? So I think it's going to be really kind of a fun conversation. Just get some ideas out there, throw some. Yeah, it's going to be fun to get some ideas out there, throw some ideas on the wall, see what sticks. And there's there's so much happening right now, I feel like, in our profession. So I think that'll be kind of a fun, fun thing to kind of talk about. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think especially, too, with just like the what's next. I mean, you and I both went through it. We've talked about it before. We're like, cool. So now what do we do? Yeah. And what's <laughs> yeah. the point of getting your VTS, you know? It's yeah. like, you yeah. know, a lot of people do it for themselves, but like there has to be an end game to, I mean, there's an end game for the veterinary technicians as a whole. Mm. Like we need to figure out that, I mean, mm -hmm. that takes priority for sure. Yeah. But um, I think it'll be a really interesting conversation to have with just other vet techs and veterinary technician specialists too, yeah. just to see where do you see it, the profession going. Yeah. Well, and I, th and I think too, and we'll talk about this during that episode. I think part of it is, um, yes, there are specific things that need to happen, but sometimes like little bits from a lot of places mm -hmm. is what really actually moves it forward. Right. Yeah. So I think, I think it'll be interesting to see like, what can we do? How can we, each one of us like move the profession forward? And exactly. I think that'll be, I think it'll be fun. I think it's going to be a really fun episode conversation. Yeah. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to it. And then shortly after that, let's see, we start our cardio series mm -hmm. and then it's vet tech week and yeah. our two year anniversary. Yeah. And we're doing, we're doing some big stuff for our two year anniversary. Cause it's like our hundredth episode, our two year anniversary. Mm -hmm. So we, um, we don't have anything like hammered out yet, mm -hmm. but vet tech week, we'll be talking about some stuff that we're, working on mm -hmm. um and we're gonna we're gonna start 
we're we're revamping the membership. That was one yeah, thing this weekend thing. that we talked about. So we're revamping because COVID was last year and we're sick of dealing with it. Yeah. <laughs> and we were, we, very, wanna... we were both very whelmed, overwhelmed this past year and we definitely slacked when it came to the membership site. Yeah. So I appreciate all the members who actually did stay with us. Yeah. Uh, for our little bit of presence that we did have on there. Yeah. We apologize. Um, but we, we are revamping things. We're moving forward. Um, we do have lectures planned for the week of Vet Tech Week. Yep. We're doing two lectures for Royal Canaan. Um, we're doing a couple lectures for some state associations. Mm-hmm. And then, um, like I said, we're going to try to do some things for our membership site as well. If you haven't visited the membership site, um, take a look at it. It's internal medicine for vettechsmembership.com. Or imfvt.com. Imfvt.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if you're, I mean, obviously, if you're listening to this when it goes live this Tuesday, which is what the twenty first, twenty second yeah. of September, um, we haven't launched our stuff that we're planning for Vet Tech Week. Nope, so, so Vet Tech Week twenty twenty one. We're going we're gonna to talk about some really cool stuff. So if you're yep. interested in the membership... Just wait a couple weeks. Just just wait a couple weeks. Look at look at, look at at what we're doing for Vet Tech Week. And... Yeah. Um, Trust us. Yeah. It'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we, Jordan and I, we were kind of talking about our free membership. Um, we're just going to start kind of doing a, a fair warning. The, yeah. the way that the free membership is right now, it's it's going away. It's it's not it's not working the way that we expected it to with exactly. our with with how the website is set up. Unfortunately, you don't get to see anything when you have a free membership, no. and it, it's and it it's very keeps and it says like error messages because it won't let you into places that unless you're a member. Yeah, exactly. So we want so, we want you to be able to essentially try the membership site. Um, yeah. Uh, so we're, we're working on that. So if you do have a free membership, um, just know at some point it's either going to kind of go away or we're not going to be doing anything else with that portion of it. So you'll still have access to the cross match lecture, lecture, but other than that, like it kind of is going to go away. The goal so. is to give you more access to things. Yeah, that's, that's the point. <laughs> we'll give you more access to things and it'll be better than what it is right now. Because right now it's, the free part is kind of sad. The it's free part is very sad. It's very sad. Yeah. But the <laughs> so. membership site, um, like I said, it, it's, it's being revamped. We're going to work very hard at it. Um, and we'll have more of a presen- presence on there. Yeah. Because um, I'm hopefully going to make some changes here soon too. Yeah. And this is what happens when we actually get in person. Yeah. Like, we can spend multiple hours just hashing out things. Yes. <laughs> so, you guys are in trouble is basically what that means. But in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're trying to put out more CE content. We want to give people hundreds of hours of CE if, if possible. That's the goal. I mean, I want... I, this is my goal, is for Internal Medicine for Vet Tech's membership to be the place to go for Internal right. Medicine... CE. CE. Like, that's what I, that's what we want to do. And we do already have several hours on there just with the podcast alone. And that's Mm -hmm. with the episodes from six months ago. And before that, um, just think of when we actually get race approval on the past six months episode. I know. It's going to be a lot. Um, so there will be over a hundred hours easily just with the podcast alone. I mean, this is the 
almost the hundredth episode. Yeah. Um, and then we have lectures planned and stuff like that too. So we're working on it. We're working hard. Um, so just stick with us. I appreciate everybody. And then. Yeah. And if you guys have ideas like of things that you would like, um, let us know. We're starting to branch out and doing some more CE for clinics and, and stuff like that too, which is fun. Yeah, I can't so. wait to get my foot in some clinics and just be like, hi. <laughs> right. Who exactly. wants me to stop by? Yeah. I have stickers and postcards and I'll bring donuts and just listen to the podcast. Yeah. That's all I ask. Right. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that's that's our fun end of the episode update. Yep. Yep. So. Uh, we should have. That, see, you get bookended this week because we're live and in person. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so. All right, guys. Enjoy the week. Mm -hmm. We will have kind of a fun episode for next week. We're getting, we're ramping up for Vet Tech Week. Yep. And uh, we'll we'll see you then. Bye, guys. Bye. That's our fun end of the episode update. Yep. Yep. Uh, We should have, see, you get bookended this week. Because we're live and in person. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So. All right, guys. Enjoy the week. Mm -hmm. We will have kind of a fun episode for next week. We're getting, we're ramping up for Vet Tech Week. Yep. And uh, we'll we'll see you then. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you like what you heard, we'd love for you to share with someone you think might enjoy the podcast and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Want to give us a boost? Please leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher and we'll be sure to say thank you. Find out everything about us at internalmedicineforvettechs.com. Talk to you next week. Bye.